Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello, and with me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you tonight? I am doing great, and I am so excited about tonight's show, Jeff. Well, it is another edition of our Cast Chronicle series where we bring someone that used to work or does work behind the scenes, behind offstage, behind the magic. And tonight we're excited to welcome Jason Zucker, who is a self-proclaimed doodler, and he was born in Manhasset, New York. And he soon after migrated to the Sunshine State, where coincidentally he also became a new home for his future employer, Mickey Mouse. That 23-year journey to becoming an artist in Walt Disney World included countless art classes, attending institutions including the uh, Ringling School of Art and Design, the Art Institute of Dallas, the Rhode Island School of Design, and Jacksonville University, where he received a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. Soon after, Jason joined the Disney family in 1996. During his years as a Disney artist, he would design everything from limited edition watches to collector pins. We're very, very excited this evening to welcome Jason to Let's Talk Diz. Jason, how are you? Great. How about yourself, Jeff? Doing great. We've basically started this series to to understand a little bit about who the people are that help make these stories for, for those of us that go to the parks and enjoy Disney the way that we do. So if there's anything I've missed there, give us your career highlights that you see from your eyes as to as to what made your career with Disney so much fun or, or anything you've done outside of Disney that has shaped you as an artist. My goal really was to be a part of the Disney family and become a Disney animator or just a Disney artist in general. Um, and like you said, I joined the Disney family in 1996. And around that time, Disney animation was really, really at its peak. I mean, they were, uh, you know, releasing films, you know, like The Lion King and Aladdin. And uh, Disney animation was just really my my focus. Um, but of course, at that time, there was so much competition and getting into Disney animation, they say, was harder than, you know, harder than getting into Harvard Business School. It was really <laughs> difficult. They were accepting about 3,000 portfolios a week. Um, so it was very difficult. So I decided just to work at Disney, you know, just as a regular cast member. And, uh, you know, and of course, it doesn't matter if you're scooping popcorn or if you're working at the Haunted Mansion. I mean, everybody has fun. So I had a blast, even though I wasn't an artist at the time when I first started in 96. I was just I was having a blast. I started at the Great Movie Ride. And around that time, being at Hollywood Studios, which at that time was just Disney MGM Studios, I had a constant communication with the artists there uh at that time they didn't really open a studio until 97 uh they were just working in trailers in the back and at that time they were just finishing up mulan i got to speak with a lot of the artists there and they helped me uh to polish my portfolio um and then in 1999 i got a job uh working as an animation artist on the magic of disney animation tour and what was really neat about that was we were actually trained by the animators themselves. So I got to learn to draw Stitch from Chris Sanders. And uh, we learned how to draw Mushu from Tom Bancroft, you know, people like that who were still in the Florida studio. Um, and these were people that I that I admired and, and their artwork I actually studied in art school. So to have them sitting next to you and actually learning how to draw the characters from them was really cool but we were hired as a liaison between the animators and the guests and we would promote their new films we would draw the characters you know get the guests really excited about the films and that job lasted for about four years and uh but what was really neat was the animators were kind of grooming us and looking at our portfolios and really encouraging us to keep 
submitting our work because again it was very very difficult but unfortunately things turned around around 2003 2004 when um the studio closed and uh and that's when i said okay well what am i going to do now so that's when i made the move to merchandise i uh, there was a, a gentleman that I went to art school with in Sarasota that he said, hey, you should join the world of merchandise. I mean, we have lots of fun and we we still get to draw the characters and we still get to, you know, mingle with the guests and and uh, cre- you get to create one of a kind merchandise and so on and so forth. And that's really that where that journey went. So the closing of one journey opened up into a new one. I started uh, still at Hollywood Studios. I was on Sunset Boulevard. I created one of a kind watches and we did sketches and we got to do uh, designs for the celebrations that the studios had, including uh, Star Wars Weekends, which was pretty much our biggest one. And uh, I got to create uh, many sketches, uh, one of a kind sketches, marathon art. um, And I even expanded over into the Disney design group. Um, which is the department that really handles a lot of the Disney merchandise. So I've done everything from um, uh, antenna toppers to <laughs> limited edition pins, uh, some soft lines, some toys. Um, and that really opened up a whole new uh, world for me as far as creating merchandise. Um, I had to kind of get a discipline of you know drawing Mickey the same way um, each and every time and to learn you know the the basics of, you know, how Mickey is designed on merchandise, you know, you know, the, you know, the, the proper colors that they use and, and, uh, you know, Mickey would do this, but he wouldn't do this. And, um, you know, how to incorporate his design or really any of the characters design on merchandise, uh, whether it be the cruise line or antenna toppers, um, or watch designs or pins. I mean, pins, I did mostly pins. Um, I probably designed probably over 80 pins. Um, they would just throw a task at you and say, okay, we're looking for holiday pins with Chippendale or, or whatever. And you had to basically just come up with original ideas. The position that I had at Hollywood Studios in the merchandise, uh, that went away. I guess I don't have good luck. in, in the <laughs> Everywhere I go, they just shut it down. I really wanted to go to Magic Kingdom to be an artist at the time, but then I had a manager um, who saw that I was disappointed that uh, our merchandise location was closing uh, because I enjoyed it immensely. And they said, well, um, if you're interested, uh, there is a new resort going to be opening up called the Art of Animation Resort. And they're looking to put an artist in there. And And they said, uh, they said, well, they're still thinking about it. And I said, well, you know, whatever I can do, whatever portfolio I could submit, let me know where to put it. And um, they saw my portfolio and they really uh, picked my brain for ideas of what I could bring to the resort. And um, and I said, yeah, that's great. So they actually hired me. And I was actually the first animation artist, uh, first merchandise artist ever in a resort because they've always just been in the parks and Disney Springs um, or downtown Disney, as it was known uh, before. Um, so that was really exciting to actually be the first artist to be hired into a resort. But when I first got there... Um, in 2012 uh again they were picking my brain for ideas and i said i said well why don't we have an animation class when we have a drawing class and uh they were like uh, i said well yeah i i could i could select you know characters you know the fab five and we could do this and we could do that and that's pretty much how it started at the art of animation resort i actually started the uh the how to draw class very similar to what we did uh over at uh, hollywood studios uh because when the animation tour closed um I spent one year 
on the uh, on the Animation Academy. So it was pretty much the same thing. The only difference was we we didn't have a timer at the resort, so I got to spend as much time as I could with the guests, and uh, it was really neat because a lot of the guests that we had, you know, they would purposely stay at the Art of Animation Resort because they were interested in animation. They really wanted to learn how to draw. And I got to meet so many, you know, art students and kids that wanted to go to art school. So I got to spend as much time as I could with them. And uh, our desk was uh, in the merchandise location. So it was pretty much pretty similar to what I was doing at Hollywood Studios anyway, uh, except for the watches. We didn't do one of a kind watches there. We just did the sketches um, that they they still sell here at the parks. As somebody that that very much struggles to draw stick figures you know my i I definitely admire the skill that you have there um and i appreciate you you sharing with us a little bit about your story i know sandy's gonna ask some questions later on but i've got some rapid fire questions for you um you know just the first thing that comes to your mind if you want to go ahead and answer we'll just we'll plow through these before i turn it over to our disney expert if that works for you sure all right so your favorite disney park uh it's always going to be the magic kingdom your favorite disney song Brazzle Dazzle Day. Okay. Your favorite Disney movie? Pete's Dragon. The best Disney snack? Oh, Dole Whip. Yeah, I agree with you there. Sandy knows that I agree with you there. Uh, Your favorite character that has appeared on the screen? Uh, Elliot, Pete's Dragon. Your favorite character to draw? I would have to say Mickey Mouse. All right, a couple more for me. Uh, Best Disney stage show? I wouldn't say the Hoop-dee-doo. There's a lot of these, so think wisely here. The the attraction that you miss the most? Oh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, Sandy, let's throw it to you. I'm like Jeff. I will admit my talent lies in stick figures, and calling that even talent would be a stretch. But I'm sure as an artist, you never saw yourself thinking about a career in merchandising. Out of all the merchandise that you've designed, what would you say your favorite piece is? Uh, well, the first pin that I ever designed was actually uh, a Pete's Dragon 30th anniversary pin in 2007. Uh, well, that, that was, was very, meant to be. Yeah, that was a well. I I offered it um, because uh, either they gave you the work assignments or um, my boss at the time, who I worked with, um, he would come to me for ideas. He's like, "Hey, we're thinking about doing these holiday pins, or do you have any ideas you want to throw at me?" Because they were always looking for new things. And you know how much Disney merchandise comes out all the time. So they're always looking for new ideas and little sparks of imagination, whatever. Oh, little sparks, you know, little dream finder there for you. Um, so at the time when I started working in the pin department, it just so happens it was the 30th anniversary of Pete's Dragon. And I said to my boss at the time, I said, hey, can I do a Pete's Dragon pin? And he said, hey, that's a great idea. Let's do it. We don't have a lot of Elliot pins, so there you go. And I, I, I did it, and I was very proud of that. Um, but there was one pin that I did. They asked me to do a um, an exclusive artist pin, a pin that we actually had our, uh, able to put our names on the backs because, you know, when you see pins in the parks, you know, they don't have the artist's names on them. This one actually would have our name on the pin. They called them artist choice pins. And... Um, they said, well, you can design it any way you want. And what we want to do is we want to center around something that a lot, not a lot of guests know about. I wanted to do something kind of like a hidden, you know, did you know this? And uh, my first my first reaction was I wanted to do a pin because uh, and of course, every time we come up with ideas, we research them to see if they've been done before. This one had not. And I was like, oh, I'd like to do this. And it was um, it was the uh, the picture of of uh, of Mr. Toad 
an owl inside uh, the Winnie the Pooh attraction. And when you work with another uh, property like Winnie the Pooh, it just takes a lot longer to clear legal. Um, so they said, okay, we like that idea, but it's going to take a little time and we really want to rush these pins out. Um, so I still had Mr. Toad on the brain. I said, hey, how about Mr. Toad in the Haunted Mansion Pet Cemetery? And they said, well, we haven't done that one before. So let's do that. So the pin that I made was uh, Mickey Mouse and stand, standing in front of the Haunted Mansion and he's holding a giant, like a magnifying glass. And you opened up the center of the magnifying glass and there was Mr., the little statue of Mr. Toad in the Pet Cemetery. Um, so- and I like how Mickey thought he was so sly. You can yeah. actually Google for this pin and you can see that Mickey's given that little wink, like, look what I found in here. Yeah. And it's again, it was really cool because our names were actually printed on the backs of the pins. So that was a really, really cool achievement um, in the merchandise uh, department. But um, uh, the other thing I think uh, for me personally, again, I'm a Star Wars kid. I grew up on, you know, Lucas and Spielberg and, you know, I'm, I'm part of that generation. Uh, was the first time that we actually got to do Star Wars Weekend's merchandise. And uh, they wanted to do Jedi Mickey because, you know, he was very popular. And they, they were mixing the Star Wars characters with the uh, the Disney characters. And um, and I wanted to do a Jedi Mickey. And this was right around the time when the, the Episode 3 came out. So I did Mickey on Mustafar with the lightsaber and the whole thing. Um, I mean, it, it took about six months to clear because it wasn't just us. It was Lucasfilm because we didn't own Lucasfilm at the time. And uh, I'll never forget when that artwork came back to me and it was stamped Lucasfilm. Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever have my artwork, you know, approved by Lucasfilm. And uh, and from what I understand, I don't know this if this is 100 percent true, but I mean, from what I understand, what they told me, like. Literally every piece of artwork has to go past George Lucas himself. So that to me was really exciting because, you know, as a kid growing up in the 70s, I mean, I some of my first drawings were all TIE fighters and R2-D2 and, you know, stuff like that. So and now to have something actually approved by, you know, Lucasfilm was was pretty exciting. So that is awesome. I can only yeah. imagine, which actually leads me to my next question, which is, as you said, often animators and artists and Imagineers don't get to sign their work you know what's yours. Do you remember the first piece that you saw actually being sold in a gift shop, something where you were able to go in and see it there and how you felt or who you brought with you to check it out? Oh, it was it was the Elliot pen. When I first saw the Elliot pen in the shop, absolutely. That was, that was, it, but it's funny because when I, when I first see it, they just give me the, they just give me an artist proof, but to actually see it on a shelf, and to see like 30 of them there was really, really cool. That, oh um, my God, somebody can actually buy this and go home with a little piece of me. Yeah, that's true. So Pins it's, are really it's, big in my house and in our agency. My daughter started collecting them when she was young. It's actually something that we give every child who books a package with our company. We send them with pins because the pin trading is something we know everybody enjoys, just like we love the Art of Animation Resort, and I know exactly where that class is. I've attended it several times. I've sent many a client there. Um, we actually devoted a whole episode all about the Art of Animation. Our episode eight of the podcast is everything oh, you cool. want to know. And that resort, we love it because it is so immersive in that animation and that drawing. And we talked about, you know, the unique animation and signed original things even in their lobby and they hold a special place for me they have my favorite slogan 
among all the resorts of their unique way of saying goodbye to everybody, which of course is sketch you later. So with that, I'm going to sign off and throw it back over to Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I knew you weren't going to get out of this show without throwing that sketch you later line at him. I knew it was coming. Uh, all right. So Jason, just a couple things for me before we, we close out here, obviously as an artist, you talked a tremendous amount about the things that you've been creating. Tell us a little bit about uh, Little Fish Ismay. Uh, Little Fish Ismay was um, is is a book that uh, is currently in the process of being printed. Um, it's an idea that I had. Um, I always wanted to get uh, the more that I expanded, you know, doing art. And I've done everything from caricatures to wall murals, this and that. And I wanted to kind of because uh, I have I've had friends that have created you know, comic graphic novels and little books here and there. And uh, I kind of wanted to see, you know, um, you know, what it was like to maybe create a children's book. Um, and I wanted to kind of, you know, visit that world for a while. Um, Cause I've always loved children's books and I've always been, you know, uh, inspired by them. I grew up on them like a lot of people have. Um, so, uh, so, you know, just coming up with ideas and I've had ideas here and there and, uh, Several years ago, I was visiting the uh, Atlanta Aquarium, and I just had this idea. I walked into, if you've ever been, it's a beautiful aquarium, and you walk into this one room, and there's a huge you know, piece of glass and this huge tank, and they have these giant manta rays, which are huge. And uh, the, the largest fish just float, you know, sharks and everything in this giant, giant tank. Um, thousands of gallons, and I put my face up against the glass like everybody else did. And just looking at all these fish in this just giant tank and just out of nowhere, this little fish just, just swam past my face. And I just had this idea of, um, you know, what is it like being a very, very small fish in a very, very large tank? And, you know, he has to, like, kind of compete for attention because uh, you have these giant manta rays and sharks and there's this little fish that really, you know, there he is. Um so we were at Atlanta for the weekend and, and we went back to the bed and breakfast we were staying. And I just started jotting some notes down. I'm always jotting notes down, the little ideas and stories and this. And uh, I said, that's going to be my first book. So I came home and I just kind of um, I, I came up with a couple of characters. And basically, it's a story about a fish who doesn't get any attention. And he talks to the other fish saying, you know, what makes, what makes you so special? What makes you so special? What makes you so special? So he he kind of like it's kind of like a Cinderella, you know, where Cinderella, you know, you know, she has a new dress and she puts on jewelry and this and that. And so Ismay, basically, he finds things around the aquarium to make himself look attractive in a way. And next thing you know, he starts to get all the attention and the other fish are looking at him like, who is this? You know why He's stealing my you know, he's stealing the attention away from me. They tear all the stuff around him. You know, he has like found shells and seaweed and stuff and they tear it away from him and. And uh, so he's he, he just doesn't feel that he's special. As it turns out in the end of the book, spoiler alert, he finds out that he is special. He's actually a very rare fish and he didn't know it. Um, and when the scientists that work at the aquarium find this out, that they had this rare fish in their tank the whole time, they give him his own tank. And next thing you know, he's popular. Um, and, he you know, he just feels better about himself that he's special. So. There are plenty of people that listen to our show. Some of them have that spark inside of them, that that one little spark to to go back to the journey into imagination that you oh, yeah. that you referenced before. Is there any way that if a listener listens to this show and and they say this is this is who I am, this is who I want to be, how can they reach you? How can they how can they reach out to get in touch with you? 
Oh, well, you can uh, you can friend request me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. The Art of Jason Zucker. Um, they can email me. The West Wing Studio at Outlook.com. Um, I get letters all the time. So many of the guests that I meet that I've that I've met years ago have become close friends, and I consider them family. And I think that's amazing. I think that's what a lot of people. Can, you know that's what Disney really did for me for many many years. They kind of give me, they gave me an extended family, um, and people that today that I've known for you know twenty some odd years when I first met as guests, you know, and I've been to their children's weddings and I've been, you know, uh, I've met them here, met them there, and anytime they're in town, we go for dinner, you know, and and that that's an incredible thing, and you can't, that's something that's just priceless to me. Um, well, I, I definitely can see it from the other side of the coin. And as somebody that has continues to take his children to the Disney parks, you know, a role that you've played is something that obviously my family will enjoy for years to come. So thank you for, for the work that you've put in, in your career. and, And thank you for taking the time tonight to tell us a little bit about your experience. It was so great to hear that other side of the coin and all the great opportunities. We always talk about, how many roles there are for creatives and all the different sides. So I'm sure this has inspired somebody and really given them thoughts on where they might take things in their life and how they can also be part of making magic. Sandy, thanks for taking the time as well. And I'll, I'll leave you with your favorite line. Uh, today's guest is, is certainly inspiring it. I'll sketch you later. Have a great week. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any of our shows, please share, have them like, and subscribe. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz, my instant impressions travel services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.